Welcome to this episode of the Growth Cast Extended Cut. It's me, Jackson Campbell, here again, and I'm lucky enough to have someone that I get to call a friend now. When the, when she started, she was just a kind of a co-worker, employee that we kind of work together, and now I get to call her a friend. We have Summer Stormer on with us today, and we are, and I'm so excited. Um, for those of you that don't know Summer, I'm going to have her introduce herself in a, in a minute and kind of tell y'all um, her background of what she's done, where she's come from. But before we do that, just a reminder to like, subscribe, follow the podcast, rate and review, and share it with those that you think could benefit from listening. So what we're trying to do is reach as many people as possible. So Summer, so excited Hello. to have you on today. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I'm doing so good. So good. So excited to have you on. So before we get started and before I start picking your brain about some things, um, go ahead, introduce yourself, tell everybody where you're from so the listeners can get a good idea of who Summer is. Hello. Well, I mean, I guess I can't say I'm I'm technically from Texas, but I relocated to Utah now. Um, So I'm out in um, Orm is where I live now. Um, And then you, oh, you want a little bit of my background? Yeah, a little bit about a little bit about your your professional background. What you you're from Texas? Tell maybe a little bit about your family. Just yeah, just let the people know who you are. Yeah, so uh, military dad. So it's hard to say where I'm from because literally everywhere. <laughs> um, so grew up in a really big family, seven brothers and sisters, um, and then we primarily grew up in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and then a little bit of my background. Um, I've been in retail management for well over 10 years, um, primarily focused in the HR and operations realm. Um, and then my last role was more, I spent about two years more in talent acquisitions um, specifically. So just kind of a more subcategory of HR. Right on, right on. So t- that's a, so background in, say, say it one more time, retail management, basically mm-hmm. retail higher up, hiring people and, and working with people on that on that side of things. That's awesome. What, tell me, tell me and the listeners about your start in multifamily. What sparked that? Um, why did you want to start moving towards multifamily? Tell me a little bit about that transition. Yeah. So, um, I always had a plan of retiring by 40. I just literally had no idea how I was going to get there. (laughs) Uh, You know, the whole working until 65 wasn't something that I was ecstatic about. Um, So I've always been trying to find different streams of income. Um, And so, you know, I am a firm believer of failure is not a destination. Um, it's, It's part of the growing process. So I did a lot of things that failed me forward into multifamily. Um, and I remember thinking like, I sound crazy thinking about um, trying to get into that, but I had originally started and looking at a couple of duplexes and I was like, no, let me go with a fourplex. So I actually had identified two in San Antonio before I was like, you know what? I should really probably get educated um, before I just jump yeah. into a fourplex. Um, and then that's when just like a week later, I saw um, the ad for, going to the MFM event. So I was like, you know what, I'll sign up. I think the first one was free. I thought it was great information. I had no idea you even underwrite deals. Like I was mind blown. So when Todd had went over that, I was like, oh, I should probably learn a little bit more because I didn't even know that was something you do. (laughs) Um, And then that's how I kind of went to that three-day event. And I don't have words for, it's just something inside of me, like woke up and I just went a thousand miles per hour. Um, towards building my business in that realm. And I 
remember like struggling being at that event. Cause the whole time, like, I think imposter syndrome is the best way to say it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just sitting there like, what am I thinking being here? Like, what the heck? And when Tyler was like, it's almost like he gives you permission of like, no, you're, you're survivably crazy. hundred percent you are. And, but so are the rest of us. And so yeah. anyways, I, you know, it was one of those moments where I was like, you know what? I am crazy. No one just goes out and buys multi-billion dollar properties and is like, okay, on to the next. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> so that's kind I of think- more or less where that came from is just, you know, and this is just more a vehicle to get there quicker. I think single family is great. And I did grow up with a dad that had a lot of single family, but I also saw him spending, he was a teacher and every single summer he was spending his time like fixing these single family houses. And that's not what I wanted. That didn't look like freedom to me. I did not want to spend all this time doing these manual things. And I thought that's really what real estate was that you have to do everything yourself. And that's where in multifamily that you get to work in so many partners or with so many partners that made it that much more attractive and something that I was like, you know what, I could see myself doing that. You're working on a team. You're not doing everything by yourself. And it really gives you that time freedom that I think people are actually looking for when they're getting into yeah. real estate. Yeah, no, that leads. No, I think that that's, that's such great insight. Uh, and that kind of leads to something that I want to talk to you about here in a second. But before we get there, how did the transition um, for you, how did that look going from retail management to making the jump to real estate investing? Was it just you quit your job and you went to real estate investing? How'd that transition look for you? No, it's, uh, I think that's the funny thing. Like we're, we all know there's no such thing as overnight success, right? Um, right. And it's, it's once I left kind of that event, um, it was, I instantly knew everything had to change in order for me to work on my new business, right? Um, and one thing that Rich Dad Poor Dad talks about, which I will preach about that book, um, is he talks about there's your profession, which is your nine to five or whatever job you have. And then there's your business. You need to understand those are two separate things. And so I had to, I already had a schedule for my profession, right? How do I build in my new business now? And so that's where, you know, waking up at 5am, did I want to do that? No, (laughs) not at the beginning, but waking up at 5am, making sure I'm getting in the affirmations, the 10 pages of a personal development or real estate book, making sure I'm writing out my plan for not only the week, but like the day. And I mean, to the T. Um, And so, you know, whatever that looks like. And in the mornings that was focusing on, you know, making sure I was getting the videos in and the work um, at the beginning of the day. And then what did my lunch break look like? Right. I mean, I had it down to every 15 minute break. My 15 minutes was going to be spent on sending LinkedIn connections so that when I got off of work and I could focus back on my business um, that, you know what I mean? I could send out those connections and those conversations and those messages to, so it set me up for after work. Um, And then I think same thing too, like, the three hours of TikTok had to go. The two hours of scrolling on Facebook have to go. The two to three episodes you're watching of your favorite show, like they have to go. And so it was just really developing this headspace of if you're doing things that aren't for your business, is it worth what it's taking away from your business and what your overall goal is that you're trying to achieve? And if anything wasn't in line with what that head, like the big goal was, then I just didn't have time for it. Those are big changes. Like that, those are big changes. And if you're like, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting going in real estate and just getting going, being an entrepreneur and building their business, like you're talking about, those are a lot of really big fundamental lifestyle changes that people have to make. Was it difficult? Was it difficult for you to make those changes? Um, I remember when I had first started um, doing it. So I actually have not had 
TV, cable, like any of that stuff since college. And I remember like when I first cut that out, it was so hard, but I think that's what drove me even harder to get rid of them is because they're just distractors. I think we have so many distractions in our everyday life that it's, how do you eliminate them? And if it takes away from the actual important things in life, then they just, they have to go. And it wasn't everything all at once. And sometimes I am, (laughs) I do do that. Like I can shut it off real quick. I get, I'm a different type of person than most, but sometimes it's just one thing a week, like picking one thing that you're going to cut out, or maybe it's just doing less of, I'm not saying you can't have any, I know some people have family time and it's a movie night, but maybe you don't do it four times a week. You do it only once or twice, or while your family's watching TV, you can still be sending LinkedIn connections or whatever your business model is to help still project you forward. So I think it's just being more strategic and intentional with the time that you do have. And what does that look like for your business? So I'm not saying cut out anything that, you know, maybe you do enjoy, but how do you fit your business into the things you enjoy? If that makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I think that's such valuable insight when you were making those, when you were kind of making that transition, you, you probably learned a bunch about yourself and about, mm-hmm. about business and building a business. So now that you've learned those things and that you've been through that experience, what's something that you wish you could go back and tell yourself knowing something that you knowing everything that you know now about making that switch. Mm. I think for me, the biggest thing is, I think when you see your potential, making that switch would be easier. Like I remember when I spoke to JT and Melissa, when I was at the three day and I just remember like when JT's like, you're going to kill it at this. And I was like, but am I? And he was like, what, what, what? And, you know, he was like shocked that that's even what I said. And he was like, dude, do you not know what your personality is? He was like, you, you literally will crush it. And I was like, Okay. And then when I had a one-off with Melissa, she was like, Are, I, I don't feel like you're seeing what I'm seeing when I'm talking to you. And so it just was that pivotal moment where, you know, there's a lot of people in life who won't see your potential and will sleep on you, but don't let it be you. And so it was that moment where I had to be like, man, like, how is it that these people who I don't even know that I just met can see what I have and I can't in myself. So I think for me, like once I started realizing that, and like I said, like, yeah, I failed at things at life, but I never, like, I trusted myself enough to know, like, I will never let myself stay there. There are plenty of people who've seen me fail, but what none of those people have seen me do is stay there. So I think like those were things that once I started seeing my potential and the value that I actually do bring. And for those who don't see it, it's not my job to show you. I show up and bring the value and I am who I am. And I try to help who I always give before I try to receive. Um, and if, if you can't see that, then you, I mean, that just means I'm not for you and that's fine. Um, but you know, I think that's one of those things where like, had I seen that potential and focused on developing that there, all the other noise, like is so easy to start cutting out. So I wish I would have just focused on that or, you know what I mean? I think like when I hear people that are, you know, only 18 or 20 and they're finally getting, they're starting to get into it. I'm like, man, do you know where I would be right now if I started (laughs) when I was your age? Or I could have seen that at that point in time instead of waiting till I was 30. Right. So I think if anything, if I could go back or what I learned was like, I shouldn't have taken that long to see that. 
so essentially believe in yourself. Yes. Be your, be your biggest supporter. I think it's, I think that's so valuable. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting that oftentimes I know for myself and I know for a lot of the students that we talk to, we're so kind and we're so patient to each other. We're Mm -hmm. so kind and we're so patient. Hey, you're so great at this. Focus on that. Thank you for doing that. You're so good at doing that. That oftentimes we forget, we forget to look inward and thank ourselves. Hey, great job at doing that. Good job. Focus on doing the good, you know? So like Dallas and Tyler are always talking about when you focus on the good, the good gets better. Mm -hmm. Focusing in on the good and not on the negative um, is really kind of what it's kind of what you're saying is focusing on those, on those, on those, what you can do's and not what you can't do's. Right. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's so, that's so, (laughs) so, so, so helpful and so useful and so many golden nuggets there. Um, So tell so, now you're a full-time real estate investor. And if, for those of you that don't know, I guess we should maybe backtrack a little bit. Summer mentioned a, a three-day training that she went to. She's referencing the three-day multifamily mindset training with Tyler Devereaux, where he gives you A to Z how to close, how to acquire and close these multifamily deals. It's a lot of content in three days, but that's, but that's kind of what, that's what Summer was referring to when she said when she was at that three-day class. So from that three-day class, you decided I'm going to move forward and be a real estate investor full-time. What is some of, what is some of the biggest things? I guess there's, there's a couple things that have happened with you. You've decided to go into real estate investing full-time, but you also reached out to Tyler and Ryan to see how you could help build the multifamily mindset. So I want to go there. What, how did, how did you approach? No, I don't even want to go to how did you approach Tyler and Ryan? What is it that you, now that you're with the multifamily mindset, I think a lot of people know that. What is it? What are you doing with the multifamily mindset? What is your role there? So right now um, my role is team acquisition. So um, I spend a lot of time with the new students or new investors who are coming through um, and really helping them a, if you don't even know what role you want to play, cause it is a team sport, then how do you even know where to be- begin on building your team? So I help them identify what roles that they want to play. So then they know how to go find the other roles. Um, and then making sure they understand exactly what each role on a deal entails. So they know who they're looking for, um, yeah. and what those qualities even are in that individual, um, to make sure that they're building their teams with the best possible partners. So you're working with a bunch of new investors, a bunch mm-hmm. of people that are just starting in multifamily real estate and, and new to the game. Mm-hmm. What is something that you see new investors doing to themselves frequently that isn't necessarily the best thing that they don't even realize they're doing? I think the biggest thing I hear is anytime you get into something new, right, it's scary. And you're immediate response is to find the defaults in yourself of, Hey, I fall short here. um, Or maybe I don't have this quality or this skill set or whatever it is we think it is nine times out of 10, when I'm talking to them, it's when they're like, well, I don't have this or I don't have that. I'm like, Hey, who, who said that? Like you said that you just discredited yourself. No one in the industry has said that to you, whether it be age related. I was just having a conversation the other day and she was worried about how young she was. And I was like, no one discredited you for being young. Only you did that to yourself. And if someone has a problem with that, then that really just means they're not for you. And I think we spend so much time on people not for us instead of the ones who are, because the ones who are interested in doing business with you care about what you bring to the table and what elements you can solve if they bring you on as a team member. They don't care about your age. 
So, you know what I mean? And I think because we have that negative self-talk or that headspace that really doesn't do us any justice, it really holds us back from a lot of things. And what I find too, and what anybody who has that type of inner dialogue with themselves will find that how many things in life do you do that to yourself and regardless of anything you're starting that's new? And how many times do you maybe not move forward in something because you discredited yourself before anybody in that industry ever even said anything to you? So a lot of times, like we're, we're, we're our own worst enemy because we hold ourselves back with where we think we fall short. And instead of focusing on like, Hey, here's where I know I'm bomb at, like, this is what I can bring to the table or my value that I bring to the industry and focusing on just bringing more of that. That's uh, that's such a, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's such, that's such a good tip for new, for new investors to not, not discredit yourself, mm-hmm. be kind to yourself. Talk good about yourself to yourself. Um, as you're working with these new students and you're helping acquire these teams, what is what are some of the biggest what are some of the tips that you give to these students as they start making connections with new people? I think the biggest thing is sometimes when we get into something new, we like make things bigger than what they actually are. So if a new investor is like worried about reaching out to the sponsor and they're like, oh my God, I don't know what to say. It's like, hey, well, at the end of the day, like they're a person, they're yeah. just human. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I mean? They, they started new once upon a time too. And maybe they yeah. possibly also needed a sponsor when they were starting. So let's start there. Just a quick conversation of, hi, like I see, you know, you're also a syndicator. How long have you been in the business? And just start a simple conversation that way. And, you know, hey, well, I'm starting out new. Like, would you be interested in sponsoring one of my deals? And it's just a simple conversation that I think sometimes we just put these people on this pedestal that no one put there but ourselves. And they're just people, whether it be, you know, lenders or you name it, whoever you're looking for. And I think even just other partners, I think a lot of times um, because our underwriters are more analytical and they're bomb, I think maybe not all of them are extroverts. So it's funny how many of them are scared to reach out to like the capital raisers are probably more of the extroverts. Yeah, (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, And it's just like, they're, they're people and they're looking for team members too. So you already know they're looking for someone like you. So let that be the basis of the conversation, you put them on this pedestal that they didn't put themselves on. So, you know, and I'm not acting like I don't get nervous to have conversations with people I don't know, but that's literally what the dialogue within myself is, is, Hey, they're just a person just like you. And it makes that conversation so much easier. No, I think that leads right into a mindset principle Mm -hmm. that we often teach. And that I've heard you talk about multiple times for Dallas and Tyler and Ryan and Todd and everybody, Melissa, everybody talk about it often in its self-talk, the importance Mm -hmm. of the importance of positive self-talk. So I want to ask you about that. How, how, how has that mindset principle positive self-talk played a role in your business and your transition um, to multifamily real estate? How is, how has self-talk played a role, role there for you? Yeah. I mean, I think that is the biggest thing, even in the office, I catch people every time I'm like, oh, that's negative self-talk. Yeah. I think like, you don't realize how many times like you do something and you're like, oh, that's dumb or man, that was stupid of me. Or I I'm dumb for doing that. Like those conversations, although they seem like they're not big, you don't understand what that does to yourself subconsciously. Right. There's plenty yeah. of things that talk about how, and I don't know their percent, so I don't necessarily want to say, but I think it's like 90% of your 
brain's subconscious and you only actually function in 10% of it. Don't quote me. Um, but <laughs> if it's that big of an amount, then like those things matter. And yeah. you know what I mean? And I think it also contributes to who you show up as. So, you know what I mean? Like now my conversations, no one talks to you more than you talk to yourself is why that's also important. And so, you know, now my conversations are when I do mess up, it's not, oh, that's dumb. It's, Hey, how do I do better next time? And then it trains your brain to think of a different, you know, scenarios or different ways that it could have done things. So the next time it comes up, I think of, oh, Hey, I remember the last time I did this, I thought X, Y, and Z would work out better instead of it just being another thing that happens and me still saying, oh, that was dumb of me because you're not learning from the experience. So, I mean, I think self-talk is the most important thing and not every day is rainbows and sunshine. I'm not going to act like everything's easy. And so on those tough days, like you can't keep beating yourself up because it, it, it's who you show up as that day. So sometimes you got to be a little bit nicer to yourself that day. Yeah, no, I totally (laughs) agree. It's super, it's super funny that you talk about that. The team here in Maui, at least once a week, we do hot yoga Mm -hmm. and the hot yoga instructor that we had this past week. um, He was kind of a mindset coach too. And one of the things that he said is oftentimes we expect ourselves to be our best every single day. And that's just not the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just not the reality. We can't show up and be our best every day or that's that sincerely that truthfully probably wouldn't be our best if we, it was the same thing every single day. And he talked and he and as he was kind of talking, he said, you can't expect that from yourself every single day and to be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Kind of exactly. It is what you're saying right now. Go ahead. Well, and I was going to say, and I think like one thing to, that I had to learn the hard way was like. Perfectionism doesn't exist. So you're chasing something that's not even real. Like, what is that? And the problem is, is it's up to such interpretation, depending on whom the definition is with, right? So it's, you know, I mean, I think we have our own versions and we hold ourselves more accountable than anybody ever will. And yeah, I think one thing that I had adopted was I had a, you know, a, a coach one time, a mentor, and he was like, you know what, to expect yourself to be a 10 all the time. He was like, that's a tough life to live. Like you're going to not be happy quite often. And so he was like, what it needs to be is, you know, if you could show up and work as not saying that not to strive for a 10, but be okay with an eight, you're not going to be a 10 every day. And guess what? Even on the day you're a 10, you're not a 10 the entire day either. There's things that are going to come up or something that's going to happen. And that's where you just got to kind of like regulate your regulate yourself. And I think you know, I know Tyler on a call had said that when he dips below a seven and to me, I thought like, Oh, wow. Like I rate myself too. That's super cool. That when he dips below a seven, he takes a step back and he's like, all right, like, let me reevaluate and readdress. And I think a lot of times we don't give ourselves like, I call that giving yourself grace, like give yourself grace for not being perfect because at the end of the day, everybody's doing the best they can with what they have going on in life. That's awesome. Uh, I think that's perfect. I think that's a perfect place to end. Summer, thank you so much for joining us and dropping these these truth bombs and these knowledge bombs and these good reminders for everybody, whether you're a new investor or not. It's These are super valuable strategies and mindset principles that are going to benefit anybody that that implements them. So Summer, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know you're so, so busy, uh, not only, not only running your own investments and doing your own 
deals with your partners, but helping all of these other new investors build their teams and get the ball rolling as well. So Summer, thank you so much for taking the time uh, with being us, being here with us today. How can people get in contact with you? Yeah. um, The best place to contact me is my LinkedIn. I'm normally fairly active on there. Um, And it's just Summer Stormer. That's it. S-T-O-E-R-M-E-R. (laughs) Okay, awesome. I will drop a link to her profile as well in the description. So go check out the descriptions, click on the link, get in contact with Summer. Seriously, some one of the best people I know. And so we're so lucky to have her part of the multifamily mindset team. So Summer, thank you again for your time and your wisdom. If you aren't following us, please do. Please rate, review, share this episode with those that you think could benefit from it. Have a great rest of your day, y'all. Thank you so much. 